1: Sound of it. ah yes what's good everybody currently in the ufc gym in astoria queen's with the good brother Sergio da Silva again, you guys heard him a couple of months ago on the on the episode. Really successful episode, man. People liked your
2: story. What's up, guys? How are you? Uh, pleasure to be back, Nick. Thanks for having me. I'm glad. I'm glad the episode did well, man. Let's let's blow this one out the water.
1: You know, anytime uh, anytime I hit up Sergio, I'm like, yo, I got to get you on the podcast, man. And especially now with 2:44 being on Saturday, we're gonna run through the card. What stands out? What we're looking forward to? I mean, shit, this is a big I, card for you. I'm
2: starting off, you know, because I know a lot of the listeners, you know, who might look me up, follow me. I'm I'm one thousand percent biased on this card. I'm <laughs> not gonna I'm not gonna hide it. I have brothers fighting on this card and a sister, um, you know, Caitlin ChuKagan, blonde fighter, who's the number one uh, female in her weight division. I think she's going to do really well, right? We can start with her. Yeah. I think she's going to go right through this girl. I see a TKO finish. Okay. Probably a knockout. Like, you know, Kaylin's striking is very sharp, very precise. Um, I think she's going to do really well. That's the first, the first fight that stands out to me.
1: Well, um, f- right off the bat, you got all three. I know you got Julio Arce. Julio! You got what's up, baby? Also, those are the those are the fights that are kicking off the card, the early. The yeah, prelims. I
2: think I I think uh, like you said, I think if I'm not mistaken, Julio is the first one, right? I mean, there's double. Yeah, G. yeah, he's going up against. Uh, Wadu. No problem, Julio. Start the show off. You know what to do, my man. I love that fight for Julio. I think it's going to be. Look, the fans are going to get a lot. Like I say, right? Fight like this. It's both guys are sh- very explosive, young, hungry. Mm-hmm. They're both trying to make a run. You know, to the top of the division. Um, I like uh, that Julio. Since being in the UFC, he's been fighting at 145 pounds. He doesn't cut a lot of weight, so I think I know for a fact all the Tiger guys. Tiger Showman does a phenomenal job with the cardio. Um, I think they're going to be really, really well prepared. And it's one of those fights that both guys are going to come forward. I know uh, what's what's his name? How do you pronounce that kid? He's fighting the Woodoo. the Woodoo, right? Doesn't no offense, man, but I think him w- coming forward is going to give uh, is going to give Julio. A uh, better chance to uh, finish the fight. I think Julio wins by knockout early. I think the fans are going to get a lot from that fight.
1: Yeah, that's a fight. uh you know that, that fight could easily be on like a uh, the actual prelim card. You know, but I think it, this is a pretty stacked card too, man. They really showed out. Like, One, you look at some of the names on the
2: no the prelim. You know, you know it's a stacked card when the prelims. The worst fight on the prelim involves Orlovsky, yeah. in my opinion. Right? Yeah. Right. I mean, not worse. That. All the fights are great. But, um, you know, we can start like, – like I said, we just spoke about Julio um, and the Wadu to kick off the prelims. That's insane. That fight could have easily, easily been a main card fight on any other show. You know, main, that's a main card fight. Trust me. Um, then second fight coming up is my good friend, Lyman Good. Uh love to see Lyman fight.
1: Lyman's a beast. Um, I think he always brings it. Uh, Yo, I, I, heard, I heard somewhere that he's the – like he got his, his black belt in jujitsu like really quickly was that true? Um,
2: I I don't know I don't know if like uh, cause they they have their own system the guys from uh, Tiger showman okay, they copy. have their own black belt system they you know they do a really nice job preparing their guy but there's not traditional jujitsu with a gi and all that they uh-huh. use the gi pants, um so it's a little different I I don't know how how long he got it but Lyman is a stud Lyman is a stud man,
1: what uh outside of the fights. That involves someone that you are really close with. Also, Shane. How can Shane, we forget Shane? Hold Shane on, Burgos.
2: hold on. We can't. We can't just yeah. <laughs> just. Skip. I was actually just texting with Shane. Um, he posted a f- uh, a video on his Instagram about uh, this taco spot. You know, Los Tacos. Have you ever been there? The Chelsea yeah, Market. Yeah. That's my favorite taco. He was there with his brother. His little brother was torturing him.
1: So, yo, is he is he allowed to? Is he allowed to like eat that kind of stuff this week? No. no right. I mean, look. Just in general, like a fighter on fight week, like
2: I, honestly, believe it or not, guacamole is really good for you, man. The mm. chips is what kills you, but like guac, avocado, that's good fat, um, so that's not bad for you if you eat the, just the steak. I mean, the, probably has more salt than you want and seasoning all that. Um, but he was there, so I, I sent him a message. We were texting back and forth. He's very close to weigh. He's on pace. I know they weigh in tomorrow. I think 9 a.m. He was giving me the countdown to the minutes. He's like, "Serge, I got 22 hours." and Fifty minutes, whatever. Everything way. is
1: like super well calculated, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, he's working with the you know, he, like I said, he texts me. Uh, he's working with the UFC PI people. Um, so he said he feels really good. He always does a great job. He's he's a, he's a big forty-five or Shane man. Yeah, a, yeah he, he's he a towers over people. Yeah. yeah, his fight, his fight is gonna be a phenomenal fight. You know, Lyman, Julio, and uh, Shane. Those three guys. I mean, I, I'm good friends with a lot of guys from Tiger Showman. I I've sparred with those guys, trained them for a long time. But those three, like I, I have a special. I don't want to sound soft. But I have a special nah, man, place those, in, those in my heart for those guys. Those are my course. boys, boys for real. We've been in the game. We fought. We've all fought on a lot of cards together. So I mean, it's more than just uh, the fight itself. Like I'm, I, I know those guys on a personal level. You know, it's Shane, a completely different yeah, investment because I
1: feel the same way when I see Jared fight. Yeah, exactly. And Jared he was knows. here actually. Like two or three weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I remember he was here yeah. with some of the He's guys. He's ready ones. for a big
2: fight, man. Jared, shout out to Jared, you bum. <laughs> <laughs> he looks good, man. He kicked my ass. I'm not gonna lie, I was out of shape. I had to tap out. I had to tap in, and I asked to ask uh, Bilal Muhammad, who's also in the UFC. He was here too, training with us. And uh, halfway through the round, I was like, "Yo, tag team, Bilal, jump in, get Jared. I can't, I can't go anymore."
1: Yeah, he got he got a big fight, and uh, I think he's fighting in Brazil, right? Yeah, he's fighting November sixteenth. If I'm not mistaken, he's
2: fighting uh, Charles Oliveira. Great fight for Jared. I think uh, I think he's gonna do really well, man, and he's gonna make a big splash in that division, people. Because a lot of people, unless you're you're following MMA, you know, religiously, you really don't know who Jared Gordon is, right? Let's right. Be, let's be honest. Unless you follow the UFC, he's not like a household name yet. Right. And but I this think is a Oliveira big fight. has been around for a while, and I think this is this is gonna what's gonna take him to the next level. Is I think him beating Oliveira. Think he finishes him, so. But uh,
1: that'd be big, man. Because Oliveira, uh, I was reading that a lot of people didn't want to fight him in Brazil, and they kind of called Jared, and he was like, that. "Yeah, Jared fuck fight it, I'm anyone. In. Yeah, Jared yeah. fight
2: anybody, man." But let's get back to two forty-four. I know, you know, you and I, when we get together, we could go on and we could talk about fights for hours, right, right. right? But I know our time is limited. I do not want to forget. Another one of my guys, right? I was showing you the picture not too long ago, Gregor Gillespie with Kevin Lee, mm. right? That's a big fight, man. The main, before the main before
1: we get into like the, the the X's and O's of that fight, man, it's it's crazy. And you were telling me a little bit, and and I feel like you should definitely share this with people, dude. How many people do you actually know that are? like, actual fighters, as far as, like, because I feel as if the MMA community, it's such a small one, like, you guys all train together yeah, yeah. one way or another, and you guys are all connected.
2: Yeah, so here, here's the thing, and I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm old, man, and I've been around from the beginning, you know, I was fighting when MMA
1: was still illegal in New York, which was right, not yeah. too long ago. Definitely um, check out that podcast, guys, uh, the, the last one that I had Surge did, on, yeah. there we kind of talk more about his story than actually breaking down stuff. Yeah,
2: so it's funny you asked me that question, because, like, the other day, I literally wrote down the number of guys I've trained with that are in the UFC and I stopped counting when I hit 50. That's crazy. Think, think about that. 50, right? We're not talking about just like local guys because if we're going to go local, I know over 100 guys. Right, right, trained. right. But 50 guys who are in the UFC currently or probably um, recently, you know, left the UFC I've trained with. So, I mean, like how many people, That's. I, I thought that was pretty cool. I literally wrote the names and I was like, damn, man, that's like the equivalent to training with like 50 major league baseball players or 50 NBA players and, you know these guys. Uh, even recently, that was in the the guy that beat Ben Askren, Damian Maya. I've trained with Damian Maya. Yeah. You know he 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 used to train over here at uh, Edge Wrestling in New Jersey. Mm. But he was before he was going to uh, I think he was going to Marcelo Garcia for uh, BJJ. Um. He, he was coming up where I trained Jiu Jitsu. I got to roll with him a couple of times. So that's that's pretty cool. It's like especially when you're fighting yourself and you get to train with the guys that are at the top of the game. It's pretty cool. So I mean, like, yeah, I stopped counting at fifty.
1: That's wild. Yeah, you, you. When when you told me that, you're like, yo, imagine if you knew like fifty NBA players, or like you played, you yeah, played basketball. You li- with literally, them, you, know? you practice with 50 right, NBA. right, yeah, yeah. That's pretty sick. Yeah. So Gillespie, the inside
2: joke is the guys say, "I'm the mayor." They're like, "Sir, you're gonna go be a mayor or something." Because you know, every like, I know guys from gyms that guys been at Thailand. They're like, "Yo, I brought up your name, and there was a guy that knew you in fucking Thailand." And then the guy, another time the guy was like, yo, I was in the middle of like this little town in Brazil and I brought you up. And the guy was like, oh, I know this guy who trained. Yeah, I know Sergio. I just try to honestly, just people who know me, um, I try to be as genuine as I can. I try to network. I try to, you know, talk to as many people as I can and try to, you know, always keep a good relationship.
1: Yeah, you don't want to burn no bridges, man. Nah, it man. Comes and back
2: and honestly, the, the nicest guys I've met in my life, even outside, are guys through mixed martial arts Nicest guys I've trained with And you know No hard feelings Sometimes I have I hate it But a lot of times I have my own boys Fighting each other You know I've had multiple times Guys are like messaging me Like yo I'm fighting this guy Do you know him? And I'm like Oh no This recent Bellator card I had two guys that I'm cool with That fought each other You know And I was like Fuck You know I hate when that happens
1: Damn I gotta be whack I can't even imagine If like yeah, Jared was to fight Like you for example exactly. I'd be like torn Like damn exactly. That's that, Exactly That's what happened I'd bust Jared's ass though yeah, <laughs> we got that on record. I'm kidding, I'm <laughs> kidding.
2: And your a Yo, beast. so
1: I, I think a really cool, uh, interesting fight is Kevin Lee and the gift, Gillespie. Um, Gillespie, for those of you guys that don't know, this dude's a beast. Like this kid, a lot of people have said the one guy that could give Khabib a legit. He beats Khabib.
2: Yeah. Call me crazy. Again, oh, oh, I started I started this podcast what was the first thing I said. I'm 100% biased, right? Right. First of all, a cool backstory I have, and I showed you the pic. Gregor was in my corner for my first professional win, back in 2010, I believe. Mm-hmm. I've been training with, I trained with Gregor since probably 2008, 2009. Gregor had zero pro MMA fights. He was just a wrestler, straight up, just a wrestler. He helped me a lot. Um, Gregor's an awesome dude. He's super talented. Um, he hasn't even tapped into how good he is. Mm-hmm. Like people hasn't even seen him, and his striking is very underrated because he's a wrestler. His Brazilian jiu-jitsu is very underrated. People just think he's a wrestler. No, he's like a submission dude. Like right, right. he can choke you to fuck out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. We'll see, man. I I, I don't want to you know spoil the beat, but if I had a prediction, he subs Kevin Lee with an
1: arm triangle. I'm going on record saying that. So, Kevin Lee, I think the interesting thing, this is a guy who got, had a lot of momentum behind him, a lot of steam, a lot of hype. It's tough. And then, you know, he's one in three in his last four fights, has some issues with, like, weight cutting. And then he had that big staff infection, which was, I remember when he was getting interviewed, I was like, damn, that shit just looks yeah, off, you different. know? And I was actually at the Rochester card his last fight at 170, and he gassed out there, too. And I think the, the, the one interesting thing that I think might be a factor in this is, you know, he's changed camps. And he's with, for us, um, uh, GSP's guys. So that's, here, a, that's here, a... Here's my thing, right? Without getting
2: into details, without throwing any names out there, um, I know MMA math doesn't always work, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if I fight you and I beat you, then you fight Jared, for example, and then Jared beats you, that doesn't mean I can beat Jared, right? Because right. every fight is different. So well, What's the thing they say? Uh, uh, styles make fights. Styles make fights. Right. All right, with that being said... Um, um, aside from being biased, because, you know, Gregor's my boy and I've trained with him for a long time, um, I think ally Quinta, who beat Kevin Lee twice now, is, no offense to Al, Al's also a local guy. And I respect the shit I think he's an amazing fighter. Um, Gregor is like a 2.0 ally Quinta. And that tells me that if, uh, you know, uh, again, like I said when I started, you know, this segment, it doesn't always add up that way, right? Kevin right. Lee can come out there and beat his ass. It can happen. Four-ounce gloves, anything can happen. However, Gregor is a 2.0 of Al, and I think that that's going to show, and I think he dominates Kevin Lee. If I had to call a prediction, we're going to go back, and you guys are going to remind, I think arm triangle. I think uh, Gregor Gillespie, arm triangle, first round.
1: Yeah, this is going to be on the YouTube channel, so it'll be cool if it does. You, you'll be like uh, Nostradamus, you know, they, they'll be coming back. I'm trying. Uh, this dude, you, we, we touched on him, too. And I think a guy who, would you say Vicente Luque is a guy who Beast. not many people know about, though, Beast. still? Beast. I
2: think he took a kind of a, he didn't take a step back, but I think kind of guy started, he was very, people were on a hype train with him. Mm-hmm. And then when he, I uh, think he didn't lose, but he beat uh, in a split decision, Barbarena, I think it was.
1: No, he finished him. He finished him Late, with, like, two though. seconds left. Yeah,
2: With two seconds left. Yeah. So people thought he was a heavy favorite there, so people thought he was going to maul him. Right. And then because he went that, people kind of were like, oh, maybe this. Barbaran is super tough, man. He's yeah. a tough dude to try to finish. Um, However, Vicente Lucas is, is very tough, man. He, he. Uh, I also got to train with him. He's another guy, you know, back to the number of guys. After. He was coming up. Uh, I don't know what he was doing in New York, but I think cause he trained with Henry Hooft, and Henry Hooft is... Uh, extended with Long Island MMA where mm-hmm. I train. So, Vincente came up a couple times. And, man, I, I, I watched him move around with a heavier guys. I watched him train. He's a beast. Um, I think he's going to do really well. I think he beats uh, Wonder Tom. Boy. Yeah, Thompson's another one. Super tough. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, he's... Yeah. Every and fight- also,
1: like, his, his style is so difficult to figure out. Like, that karate style.
2: Guys are so good nowadays, man. There's no easy fights anymore. Like, um... But that's that's a, that's a, that's gonna be a nice fight. This is this is probably the best card of the year.
1: So yeah, I would agree with you. On top that. to bottom. Top to bottom. If you're yeah. gonna go from first fight to last fight, top to bottom. Yeah. I think all the fights are good here, right? Like what other fight did we? Well, did he, we didn't even get to Kelvin Gastelum and Darren Till. Who Darren Till? You know, it's Thursday right now, guys, and he just got to the states oh, now. He did? Yeah, he got. They were saying maybe he wasn't. Yeah, there. with his visa and whatnot, but. Darren Till now fighting at 185. He was another dude who had. Cut a put, lot of weight. Yeah, he had to cut a lot. And also, yo, Kelvin too. Kelvin was a guy that used to fight at 170. Was a he used to struggle to make 70. Yeah, I remember uh, he was supposed to. He either fought Woodley or he was supposed to fight Woodley. And, belt, right? and like he weighed in at like 183. Yeah, <laughs> yeah That yeah. was for 170. Look, Ga-
2: Gaslam, I'll tell you right now. Two guys, Gaslam and Whitaker. Two guys that every single time I go against them, they shut me up. Right. And right, how is uh, Till's coming off of two fights, right? Two losses. Yeah. Um, and he recently lost. got, I hate to say it, but lost at home to uh, Masvidal.
1: Yeah, that's really what jump-started this new, the resurrection, as uh, Masvidal, Masvidal yeah.
2: calls it. That's going to be a really tough fight, man. I think that's going to be a fight where um, Gaslam, I always go against him. So for one time, I'm going to go. He's been fighting at the weight more. Darren Till's the first time at 85. I don't know how he's going to. He's coming off of two losses. I'm going to go with Gaslam on that one, man.
1: Yeah, I always, you know, uh, one of my better calls, and, you know, as I have the DraftKings app opened up in front of me, I was all in on Poirier when he fought Max. And one of the reasons why was because, I don't know, and I could be wrong. This actually is a great question to ask you as someone who has the insight. Is it, is there an advantage to say I fight at 170 and you fight at 155 and then you come up to my, my division? Is it an advantage for me because, I hit like a 170, and you, you aren't accustomed to getting a hit de- by it one. It
2: depends on what, how much you are cutting to make 55. All right,
1: I'm going to give you a perfect example. I'm going to
2: use myself, right, because I like to speak about – I don't want to speak about an experience that I don't have because everyone adapts mm-hmm. different right. terms of people. Sure. Right, sure. I fought as low as 125. Stop. Right? Yeah, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> you I've told had, me some of your weight I cuts. Had, I had some bad weight cuts. I've missed weight before, you know. Um, but 125 for me – so when I moved up to 135, I, I, most of my fights were I think at one, yeah 135. So a lot of guys that were at 35 thought like you know oh he's a 25er. Well I was killing myself to fight at 25. So when I fought at 35, that was my natural weight. So I wasn't a small. So I was a really big 25er. So when I fought at 35, you were still a big I was 35-er. still a big 35er. Gotcha. So in that case, it's different as opposed to if I was a small 25er to begin with. Me moving up to 35 now. Now I'm a 25-er, if that makes any sense. Right. So I was actually big. I remember, you know, guys my entire career used to tell me, like, yo, you fight at 45 or 50, even 55, you know? Um, so that's, it depends. Everybody's different, right? So I'm going to give you an example. We can use Conor McGregor, for example, right? Guys are like, people who don't know the sport, they're like, oh, he fought, you know, he used to be a 45-er, and he fought Diaz at set. Yeah, he killed himself to fight at forty five.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, he
2: wasn't a. He was the huge forty five. Even,
1: even Max is a big ass forty five. Yeah, too. yeah. He
2: does, Max had the op, uh, Max is a big forty five and Poirier too. Poirier yeah. used to fight at forty five.
1: Forty five. Yeah, yeah, can't do
2: that shit no more. You get older, you know. So it depends. It's Every, harder to cut weight as you get older. Hell yeah. Why is that though? I think your body just doesn't. I think the more you do it, and I think this is a scientific fact. Don't quote me, but I think the more you do it, the harder it is the next time because your body wants to hold on to that weight. They're like, I'm not going to go through that. So every time I made weight at a lower weight class, the next time was harder.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I've always wanted to ask someone. There's that very
2: few guys that. That, that there's an exception to that rule. Very few guys. Um, who's an example? Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Whitaker used to fight at 70, then moved to 85. Um, who else? Uh, it's a couple of guys. Jared. Perfect example. Jared fought had a couple of fights at 45. He knocked a guy out, a really good WC veteran, uh, Morrison, at 45, mm-hmm. and then was like fuck that I'm you know I'm losing too much sometimes like risk versus reward is it worth losing so much where like fight week or 2 weeks before a month before all you're thinking about is wait 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 and you're not able to focus on game plan and fighting because you're right. worried about the
1: weight Interesting All right I want to get to this main event because it's weird that there's so much hype of behind a a fight that doesn't involve the title especially to like not to me and you who what follow me
2: no titles the bad motherfucker yeah, yeah, title. yeah
1: bmf bmf yo apparently the rock is gonna be there too yeah and he's yeah, gonna he's present gonna it, give it out, yeah that's crazy that's crazy but you know from from a mainstream appeal and like to people that are you know they only watch the pay-per-views a lot of times the ufc says that the big selling point is a championship fight right like that's the marquee and these guys are right now at the top of their game as far as popularity, right? We talked about the Darren Till knockout. That's really what jump started this resurrection. Yeah, yeah. And then, obviously, what uh, Masadal did to Askren. I, I,
2: I think, honestly, not to cut you off, I think it has nothing to do with fighting, believe it or not. You think it's all the promo and the hype? Not so much the promo. I Because they dude, haven't really been, like, talking shit to each nah, other. No, 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 no. You know what it is? People respect genuine, mm. right? Perfect example. Nate Diaz with the, the whole Zada thing, yeah, that happened, right? They he was instructed to not say anything about it and just keep it on the rack. They were gonna fight after the fight, right? What did he say? He sent out a tweet. He said, "Nah, fuck that. I'm I I know I'm clean. I'm gonna people respect that. Now he's gonna get that many more people to watch it. Yeah, that yeah. many more fans. People respect real. Real recognize real." And if you want to talk about real it doesn't get more real than Masvidal versus Diaz Mm -hmm. right those are two bad motherfuckers who are going to face each other they're going to come up there's no disrespect it's going to be like yo let's fight I think I'm badass I think I'm a better fighter and at the end of the day people respect that it's not you don't have to fake anything Right. You know, these are genuine people people who are buying pay-per-view spending what is it 60 bucks 70 bucks mm-hmm. that's hard work money blue collar shit people.
1: I paid like 300 we, my friends and I we got like 8 tickets we, we dropped a good amount
2: okay because you respect that right? right so now if it was a bunch of clowns running around propaganda faking you know oh, p- people really don't want they want to see two guys that are going to get in there and they're going to fight man they're going to show up and they're going to fight like literally knock on wood because I don't want the fight to go there I, I promise you if Masvidal or Diaz get injured from now until the fight, they won't say anything and they'll fight. They'll Fuck go. it. Right now, I'll make a bet with you. If there's an injury right now, they could be one of them can have a torn ACL and they're going to fight. Those guys, for them not to fight, you have to cut off a limb and the commission's got to... I guarantee you, if Nate Diaz breaks his arm right now, he'll fight tomorrow, I, uh, Saturday. Yeah. I guarantee you, if Masvidal was to fall off a roof right now, and he could just walk up to the... He's fighting. Yeah. Yeah, that's Those just their gonna DNA. Fight. The guy's going to fight. Yeah. Um, And I think people respect that, man. People respect that. That
1: was really cool that Nate, Nate Diaz had the whole, he basically had you soldered by the balls yeah. and the UFC. And, yo, you know what? Like, you know, a lot of times you'll see some of these athletes, they get accused, like, an accusation, man. It could live with you forever. Oh. Right? And, and the thing with, uh, with like, Nate Diaz, yeah, why would I want to go in there when I'm being accused of being a cheater? And he's been super outspoken. They actually put out a – I don't know if you check this out, this documentary on Netflix. It's called Game Changers. Yeah, yeah I like that, yeah. It's about him, like, being – it's about, like, vegan athletes and how there was that stereotype about, like, yo, if you go vegan, it's not good yeah, for you yeah. because you need your proteins and whatnot. So, man, this fight, I'm very excited. I'm going with Nate Diaz, though. Ah uh, man, because um, I, I I think with Nate, if he could weather that initial storm, that like first two rounds, Nate just like the cardio is up listen, there. It's going to be a great fight.
2: Um, I think who I think is going to win and versus who I want to win. I like both guys. That's the thing. So I like both guys a lot.
1: I don't. So uh, the last time I felt this way about a fight was when Ortega fought Holloway. Yeah. Cause I really, really like both, uh, both those cool guys, list. so I was like, damn, you know, as long as it's a good. I've fight- met I met
2: Masvidal before. I cornered against Masvidal. Um, my guy, one of my guys was fighting one of his guys, and uh, him and I was were actually at a hotel, and uh, we were playing blackjack. Well, I forgot where the fight was. It might have been. Uh, I don't know if it was in Atlantic City. It was Atlantic City. It was for Be- it was for Bellator. He was cornering Alex Villa, and I was cornering Marcus Galvan. And uh, while the guys were getting rest before the fight, him and I were playing blackjack. Super chill guy, super cool. He seems
1: like a chill dude. They both do. They super. Both, yeah. I also
2: I met Nate before in Vegas too. Um, super cool dude. Um, I think Masvidal wins. Mm-hmm. I want. You want Nate? I probably want Nate. If I had to pick, I again, I think I'll be happy both with, with both guys. I respect both guys, and I think it's gonna be a great fight for the fans.
1: Yeah, I am like. W- wildly excited for this uh it with, with every car it seems like i get more and more into the ufc and now like you know getting to meet a dude like you and getting cool with you and we text all the time about ufc stuff it's just it's dope man it's honestly i think it's it's my it's probably becoming my favorite sport oh yeah hands down man i mean
2: what's what's not it's two guys fighting with four ounce gloves man Shit don't get more real than that i'm a big boxing fan don't get me wrong no offense but i just feel like boxing is so limited so I don't feel like it's as, as a real fight as MMA, right? MMA is, is literally a real fight. Yeah. The guy can kick you, elbow you, punch you, yeah. knee you, what's, submit what, you.
1: What's crazy, I'm I'm glad you bring that up. And as we wind down right now, when McGregor fought Mayweather, they said, uh, one of the guys that I knew out of Vegas, he's like a bookmaker, he said that if McGregor was to fight Mayweather in a UFC it octagon, It wouldn't even be close. He saying? would be a oh.
2: billion to one favorite. What do you even It he would be a bigger
1: even, favorite. Yes, he'd be a bigger favorite in that setting than Mayweather was in a boxing. It wouldn't world. even be close. Yeah.
2: Like you you would have to be mentally ill if you even placed a penny yeah. on Mayweather to be McGregor in an right. MMA fight.
1: All right. Well, Serge, I appreciate it, man. Thank you again. Anytime I call you, call on you, you always come through. Uh, plug away, man. The floor is yours. Anything you want to promote, anything you want to whatever. Pleasure
2: pleasure's all mine, guys. Thanks for listening. I, I always enjoy uh, coming on the show. I think you're doing a phenomenal job. Thanks, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Like I said, we're, you know, we're filming right now UFC Gym Astoria. For those of you that don't know yet, I'm teaching here now. I'm mm. teaching you know MMA, Jiu-Jitsu. So if you guys want to come down, we're in Astoria on 34th Avenue. You know If you take the subway, it's right off of Steinway Street. Um, you know We have some really, really cool programs. If you want to check it out, you know give us a call. St- stop by for a trial. And um, yeah, man, I'm trying to build my own little, you know, guys that are coming up now and, and the new crop. We got some really young guys. I'm not gonna throw any names out there. Some Eric, new, Eric? Uh, Eric, Eric, my guy, Eric Delgado's <laughs> a beast. Um,
1: Lawyer E, that would be his, uh, his his nickname. Walking out.
2: Yeah, nah, he's doing really good, man. But uh, not only him, I have a lot of young. You know what? And real quick, I know we gotta we gotta wrap it up. What's more rewarding for me? It's because, you know, I have, I, I have kids that play basketball, baseball, softball. I coach all that. Mm-hmm. But what's more rewarding for me now is that there's something that I'm seeing. There's a new wave of kids that are coming in. Parents are not just putting them in, in uh, baseball and in, in soccer, right? Soccer, baseball. I love the sports. I coach it. Basketball. Now we got parents coming in and the kids want to learn MMA. Kids want to learn Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But I also like, think that, that was rare.
1: Uh, yeah, but I also think it's like the generation has changed where we grew up as UFC yeah. fans and, and MMA fans. Yeah. So it's completely different. Like, you know, you are. I, I became a soccer fan because my pops was a soccer fan, you know? So it's yeah. like if your family co signs it, then yeah. So that's why I think it's yeah. more open to it.
2: Yeah, no, I love it. Parents are coming in asking about MMA classes, which we do for kids as well. And uh, it's great, man.
1: And, and what's your uh, what's your personal handle? I don't know if you... Oh, you're yeah.
2: There. So my, uh, my Twitter, my Instagram... It's at the Savage 125. The 125 is for flyweight, which I haven't made in probably six years. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's again at the Savage 125. Again, Nick, my man, thanks for having me, brother. Always, Always a, a pleasure.
1: pleasure. Yeah, I'll make sure I have everything uh, tagged on there, guys. It's your and, badass uh, belt over here. Yeah, I got, I got both chefs. We got to take pictures now.
3: Did a shit my whole life. Yeah.
1: Now joining us, my guy, A double L, E N underscore strk what up kid yo got a steep a shirt on how pumped are you for for saturday i know i just had we just had serge and i just break down a little bit about how we feel about 244 but these are your two main guys arguably so i had to give you a chance to shine and talk about this
4: i haven't been this hyped for a sporting event since the world cup
1: final and then prior to that is it safe to say the super bowl yes yeah <laughs> i like right. to think about the super bowl yeah falcons patriots of course oh man dude dal Diaz, I've been following your tweets, and it's just, it's just funny. Like, just said everything about it. You trying to figure out what shirt you're gonna wear. I got you three shirts. Pretty much every interview. Alan's gonna be nice enough to give me a, a a shirt for Saturday as well, though he forgot it now because he's a piece of trash. But we'll <laughs> leave that for another time. There's a laundry room. <laughs> But, uh, man, how you feeling about everything, dude? Did you get a little concerned with the... Oh, we didn't even talk about the USADA Cause, scare. Cause because it happened Thursday
4: night. We record Wednesday. Right. right. I just couldn't believe it because Nate's the last guy you would envision getting busted for some sort of PD. Considering the guy... First of all, he's a vegan. Uh, you, you just tell from his body structure, like, there's no way this guy's taking anything. Yeah. So, just the fact... Because you seen... And this is my huge problem with... a big issue with USADA is just how... They'll come out and say someone potentially failed a drug test, but you'll know if it's the full vax. like it's happened to Junior Santos, Chad Mendes, although Chad Mendes eventually got busted. But you see a lot of these high-profile fighters where your name gets tarnished immediately just because it even some sort of trace, it ruins your legacy. Like John Jones is talking about it. John Jones is the last people that should be talking about it, but it's just, I don't like how USADA operates and how if they potentially failed a test It'll be reported when you show the full facts behind it, just because of maybe a metabolite or some sort of trace of a substance. I just don't like how you saw operates operate with so that. I know they're cleaning up the spore. You see a lot of uh, bodies are changing. Fires aren't looking like superheroes anymore, unless they're like Yo Romero. Yeah. But still, it's very frustrating how, and just to do that. But the thing with crazy thing with Nate is, is that he came out before them and he wasn't going to stay silent. That's how much a rebel he is. Nate Diaz just continues to push the envelope. Remember, he got CD, CBD into the. Uh, UFC as a sponsor now and now he's push envelope when it comes to UCI. like okay you want to p- p- try to bully me I'm going to go public with this and the blowback was crazy but then I think like 7, hour- seven hours aerial report oh he's not provisionally suspended yet when everyone thought he was it was it totally because like late Thursday night aerial report no this fight is still on it's just yeah they have a couple of things to break through and then
1: but the next night thank god I text too because like you said we recorded Wednesday last week and i text you i was like yo diaz you saw the main events off and you're like this sport sucks i was just like i'm done with everything yeah
4: this is just the perfect matchup just how everything aligned the way diaz looked against pettis and then he just calls out masvidal on the crowd it's just in terms of fights that don't include Conor, i think it's that most high profile fight you could get like i think this is bigger than even jones cormier at this point that's all hot, the star part nate diaz is a superstar yeah, yeah and masvidal after that knockout this guy's everywhere so, I think, just think with both of these guys, Kali, and just the stories behind it, these two guys, I think my, one of my favorite things about MMA, and especially when it comes to like my favorite fighters, I love fighters that just purely came from fighting. They weren't a former athlete. They weren't a former basketball player, football player, or they came from some uh, like some sort of a collegiate background. They're just pure fighters. fighters yeah. Michael Bisping was like that. Frank Mir was like that. Uh, Diaz Bellas, Masvidal. Derek Lewis, not on the card. Like These guys are just fighters. They had nothing. They just came through the streets and just started fighting, and that was their passion. They didn't have any sort of main expertise. They just got into the sport and just continue to refine their technique for 10, 15 years. Like, it took a lot of these guys to get into the limelight for years of work, and now look at them. They're now – you look at Nate and Jorge. It's just – they're on the biggest stage.
1: Yo, I didn't ask Sergio this, but how do you think the – Usman's and the Covingtons of the world feel because they're competing soon on the next pay-per-view for the actual 170 title.
4: I know for a fact Covington's butthurt because his uh, hero is coming saturday right donald yeah. Trump, donald yeah. trump's
1: gonna be there the rock's gonna be there, yeah. there like, eric thinks that mcgregor might show up and wouldn't surprise me and you know maybe call out the winner of that fight but it'd be too short of a sh- uh, turnaround to, well there's a lot of
4: reports saying he's gonna fight cowboy in january you right about a tuna fight I, look everyone likes cowboy but i think that's a very good stylistic matchup for connor if connor really
1: wanted a daring fight he would call out gaethje but i don't think he wants that he's smoke. not ready for gaethje yeah. just he doesn't like, want that pace man that guy's a, a Savage in every sense of the word, Justin Gaethje. Right. But, but yeah, I think it, to answer your question though, I do think they at least
4: Kobe is, has to be a little better because it's just this guy. Say what you want about him, he's been very dominant in all of his wins, right? But and he's desperately trying to get over. He wants to go over so bad. And to extent yeah, he gets the most heat. I don't think it's good heat, but you know, you know, you know better than me. It's just, I don't. It's cheap heat. Yeah, like, I don't think it's anything uh, particularly great. But I think Usman at this point doesn't care. He's he's been very dominant in these last few fights i think usman just wants to build his legacy i think usman knows he should once he beats covington you know, he'll fight he'll eventually get masvidal and he's going to get that big huge fight so i don't think i don't think usman's too bored about i get guarantee you now covington's pissed because hey right. masvidal's getting his glory and two, his buddy trump is going to be there
1: so hold on you're saying masvidal Are you sure masvidal wins on saturday because what happens if masvidal loses to nate wouldn't it be nate and I don't know
3: what Nate does. Nate does what he wants, yeah, like, yeah. I don't think Nate cares. N- so much. Nate
1: could win on Saturday and be like, yeah, I'm out for
4: three more years." Yeah. Conor wants to hit him me like. up in a year, maybe, but I don't think I don't think Nate cares. I know Moswell for a fact wants eventually a welterweight title shot. I do think he wants to become champion. He's like that's always been the ultimate goal. I think the only reason why he and really pursued well, apparently Usman was they he got offered a fight and he didn't take it. That was the word out there. Usman didn't want to fight in November. Which is weird. Now he fought, fought in December because it was supposed to lose Usman Mazadal, but Usman just didn't pass up. That's why Usman was saying, "I'll fight on ten days' notice." Of I was like, "You had your chance." Like, what are you saying? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I don't know what stories it, fight. It's always weird when it comes to fight booking. Like, who wants what? Who makes what? to Because remember, Kobe was supposed to fight Woodley last September. I saw Darren Till got involved, but Kobe's mm-hmm. like, "I got ear injury," Then he took almost a year off. So, it's just weird. But I think Kobe's definitely butthurt. Yeah,
1: yeah, I could definitely see him being butthurt. Yeah, for sure. But I'm very excited. We'll be there. Guys, if you plan on attending 244, hit us up. Uh, DM us. Tag us on Twitter. Hit up the show. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll link up. We'll maybe grab some beers or something. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll pregame somewhere before. Because I, I like going to the whole card. I'm a whole card guy.
4: Okay. I've never really done I've only been to one UFC. Well yeah. the
1: the cool thing is, and I talked about this with Sergio, he knows, you know, Lyman Goods on the, the early prelims. And old yeah. school. Uh Arce, Julio Arce, yeah. and he's he's good he's good friends with them and uh, you know I, I plan on doing some stuff with them in the future too and Jukagian, uh, she's on there too and she's like a top contender Johnny
4: um, Walker's because I'm watching some of the Embedded series videos I haven't watched them in a while just because Josh
1: loves Johnny Walker he's interesting he's
4: a little weird but he's dude yeah I just don't know what to make of him Yeah, but uh, in terms of stylistic match I think Corey Anderson is the type of guy that could grind him down like if you want to talk about someone that could just kill the hype Corey Anderson could just buzz kill everything but yeah this car is phenomenal I'm really looking forward to lee against joe Gillespie. gonna be <sighs> i can't wait for that fight. i hope kevin lee makes weight though i keep saying this It's a short notice 155 he's had issues making weight in the past but uh, he looks oh, yeah. this way he's been trained with frost hobby uh, him and gsp man i think yeah. that's a
1: little that's a little sneaky
4: thing there that's his first fight with them he, he's i think he's the best for us yeah, yeah for us it just went into now is fun. he
1: the best or is it because he also had gsp well,
4: he like said Rory. Rory's a big name. That's true, yeah. yeah. And I you think know, Wonder I forget, Boy's worked with him.
1: I, I forget how great Rory was until, like, you know, he, he's taken a lot of damage the last couple of years. That man. Robbie Law fight changes Alter. everything, yeah. yeah.
4: Just you, those five round wars, it's just harder to come back from. Like, a lot of people say now, when. Um, Like we look, saw Weidman recently lose, and you saw Rockwell. He's like sometimes you fight these, you get into these fights where you get brutally knocked out, or you're in five round wars. You just aren't the same. I think a lot of the guys that fought Yoel Romero, you look at and Weidman, their careers have never been the same after getting knocked out by a guy like Yo Romero. You
1: could you could even throw Whittaker in that mix too. I know it's still early, but you know he was knocked out
4: 50 minutes. (laughs) Romero, yeah, yeah, Yeah.
1: that's
3: crazy. Like like
4: Wonder was in the. Twice five rounds against Woodley. Like 50 minutes against the same opponent as someone as bruling as a striker as them. Because, you know, Woodley packs a punch. I know he doesn't have the highest output, but going against a guy like that for 50 minutes, yeah. it's just this sport's just on another level. But uh, yeah, I, if I had to pick, though, for a main event, I would go, I'm going to go Mazzaval third round. Mazzaval. I just think right he's on. too explosive for Nate. And Nate's a slow starter. I just think Mazzaval is way too many tools. And even if it goes to the ground, I think Mazzaval is good enough where he could hold his own. Because people forget, man, Damian Maya was taking him down at will. This was couple years ago and Moswell Ma- and more than held his own he was he was sprawling he was getting out of rear naked choke situations like he could hold his own Maslow he's no slouch just because he's this crazy striker doesn't mean he doesn't know how to handle himself on the ground so I think any sort of threat from Nate I think Maslow can handle it but
1: I'm rolling with Stockton baby cousin Nate Dude, those, he's got that Nate, pace, though. Round, yeah, round like, like I
4: don't know. Mazdall, wow, I can't remember last time he was in a five round fight. Like, Nate just, he's cardio king. That's the thing when Nate. But you're something. right, though,
1: because I, I think that's that's the biggest, like, X factor in the fight. It's Mazdal early and then Nate weathering that storm later on. I just want to see
4: how Mazdall comes out because against Till, he came out flying and he hit a sidekick straight into Till's uh general <laughs> there and then uh, against Askren. i think we all know what happened so i just wonder
1: how is he gonna come out against right. nate and how is nate gonna react like is nate just gonna point at him and be like <laughs> probably give him the finger you <laughs> a stockton slap oh man i think that's my favorite thing in in, in like sports the stockton slap he dead ass just open palm smacks people the best part is when like
4: he started tagging connor in that first fight that's like he like there was one moment where he clearly
1: was laying damage on Connor and he could have like finished around. He just he slapped, slapped just again. <laughs> like that. yo, it's it's hilarious. He dead ass guys just slaps someone. He's like, Yo, it's so degrading. He's like, You little bitch when I slap you. But it gets in dudes' heads and if anyone I think is
4: resilient enough where he he won't get into like any sort of well i don't think there's any sort of mental warfare but the thing with diaz like he got into cerrone's head michael johnson pettis kind of like nate just gets in your head and you just want to start getting to you know you want to start getting into a brawl it happened to pettis mm-hmm. and eventually nate just puts that pressure on you but yeah yeah how Maswell, like muscle's been guy started out in
1: miami like he knows all about mental
4: that warfare so
1: that ass. yeah all right let's talk a little bit about the nfl some nfl trade deadline news um Man, once again, the NFL hypes up all these rumors. I feel like it happens year in, year out. Oh, this guy rumored to go here. That guy's going there. This year there. was particularly bad. And then nothing happens. Is like, he- nothing notable happened. I think the biggest one, if you look at it as a whole, and no offense to your boy Mosinu, I think it's Sanders going to the Niners as far as a big name changing changing teams.
4: Yeah, I think Larry Williams is a pretty notable
1: Uh, you're just dreading it it. you you text me this and you were like rant coming and all that alright here's the thing
4: (laughs) he's a former top six pick I think it was a pro bowler at one point
1: I understand that here's the thing it's another guy that can't rush the passer okay Okay, but I'm saying
4: he's a big name this is a notable
1: trade sure it is it's the first time ever that the Jets and Giants also trade which is very interesting look they give up a third round pick and a fifth round pick uh, in, in the next two drafts so it's like the third round in 2020 and then it's the fifth round this guy's also a free agent.
4: You just missed a first-round pick and a 340-pound nose tackle.
1: Right. And then Hill was the second-round pick, I believe? Yeah. Yeah, B.J. Hill. Um, You <laughs> know, it's just it's the defense is all-time bad. Um, Thank God the Cardinals' defense is bad against the tight end. It's, like, historically bad because the Giants' defense is just as bad. And Janoris Jenkins is getting toasted. It's just you know it's another guy didn't go anywhere yeah yeah and he was rumored to the defense is really bad and i don't know that's a move you make where if you want to compete and you want to contend and i don't think the giants could do that right now they're they're sitting at two and five they got a big game monday night football against the dallas cowboys at home it's the biggest favorite that the cowboys have been in 25 years going into metlife stadium they're close to a seven point favorite on the road Mm -hmm. dallas is also coming off a bye and, you know, they want to maintain their stranglehold and not the stranglehold. You know, they have a one-game lead over Philly. But I don't know. You know, everything was, like, looking right with the Giants. Now, I still like what I'm seeing with Daniel Jones, right? Is he turning the ball over a lot? Sure. That's part of being a young quarterback. And he looked – he had a horrible, horrible, like, spike into the ground fumble. They got returned by a former Giant, Kennard. Oh, wow. The Lions. Yeah. And then after that – I think I saw somewhere that he had a game that no other quarterback has had like as a rookie, you know, like close to 400 yards or he surpassed 400 yards and, and the amount of touchdowns that he do. And he looks the part. And again, I'm not trying to hedge or anything, but give me four and 12. I think going forward, the giants have $80 million in cap space next year. They have a quarterback. Now they're in that luxury of not having to pay a quarterback and they could go and, Oh, right, you know what? We need a I draw lot shirt. of help on on defense. Let's go out and get whoever a free agent is next year. I I don't know off the top of my head, but like, let's go out and get a Quan Alexander and go get a D Ford, like the Niners did last mm-hmm. year. You know, the Niners made two three moves, and all of a sudden their defense is, I think, the best in the league. If you look at, yeah, and I, and I said this on the Monday pod. If you look over at New England, over New England, okay. yes, because I think,
4: I think quality of opponent, bingo. And pass rush. That Sanford pass rush is scary. Like Even Armstead's starting to produce numbers.
1: Man, Nick, Nick Bosa is... He, Richard Sherman came out and said that he should be in the running for Defensive Player of the Year, not even rookie.
4: He's Nobody like, could deny that. What, yeah. he's, what he did last And then D Ford, and I always the DeForest Buckner. It's just, they have so much talent there, and that's why you build up front. So, I, I just don't know. Like I don't mind the trade, but it's just... They better lock him up, and they better know how to use Leonard Williams. Like, if you're going to invest this much, because he's a good player. All right, he doesn't generate much pressure, but still, he's still a big body in there that could do damage. I just don't think once the Jets took Quinton Williams, I was like, yeah, Leonard's not going to be there long term.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, the the Jets, man, you look at some of their first-round picks, and, you know, donald has been shaky last couple of weeks. Um, just, that- just
4: their picks in general. Polite's not a league. Hackenberg, like... <laughs> Yeah, team is just a mess. I mean,
1: Devin Smith was a second-round pick, too, and that dude tore his ACL. And, you know, he had a couple of moments with the Cowboys earlier this year when he was replacing Michael Gallup.
4: We should probably focus on Jets because a lot of the big names, you know, the rumors circulate around the Jets. We're talking about Jamal Adams, Le'Veon Bell, Robbie Anderson. These are three players heavily rumored. Maybe not so much Bell, but definitely Anderson and Adams. And, you know, there was major talk saying, oh, Adams is minutes away from going to Dallas. How crazy that would have been.
1: Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I think uh, I think he's the best safety in the league.
4: Uh, strong safety, yeah. Yeah, strong yeah. safety
1: in the league. His pass coverage is a little suspect, but you know what? Not everyone's perfect, but I do think that he's a hell of a tackler. And tackler in, in space, you know? Um, he does fairly well against the tight end position. Mm-hmm. The only guy that would give him problems was, like, Gronk. Mm-hmm. But then again, Gronk gave a lot of people problems. Yeah. Besides that, I think he's... Do you do you think that he's being a baby with how he's talking about? Not at all. I, yeah. I mean, dude, he's tired of losing.
4: Not just that. I don't, I don't think the Jets have valued him enough. You are talking about uh, they had a meeting. Jamar said, "I want to be here long term," and then you shop him right afterwards. You vested. What was he? The sixth overall pick yeah. last year. Just like why a couple you, years
1: ago. A couple years ago. was
4: like, why are you giving up on town like this? Like, you're spending first round picks on these players. Like, Larry Williams, okay kind of the fit wasn't there at the end but still it's just eventually you have to keep moving forward these guys i've i know i've been saying robbie anderson get out of new york but still like from the jets perspective you gotta utilize someone like robbie anderson this guy could be next to sean jackson the
1: way he creates separation just and he's bigger than him too like i keep forgetting he's he's like 6'2 i know he just seems like he's a 5'10 guy because of how he's utilized
4: because there was a time 2017 he was catching like a 40-yard touchdown almost every week like, and he was making some really tough contested catches. Like right. He's a stud, and it's just they have to figure out how to utilize these players because it's just – everyone wants to talk about, oh, okay, the ownership's bad. Yeah, ownership's bad, and I'll be critical of Adam Gase until he gets fired, which it should be very soon, in my opinion. But I just think you have these players, Adams, Bell, Anderson. These guys shouldn't be on the trade block.
1: I do think that it was more likely that Bell would have gotten shipped as opposed to the other two because, if you remember – they got rid of that GM that gave... McCagnon, yeah. McKagnon gave the Bell contract. He signed those guys. Mm-hmm. He also acquired those draft. You know, he was a part of the draft process and the draft. And then with Bell, Gase came out. Remember that report came out over the summer? He's like, yeah, I wasn't happy that we... Cause, uh, he just, wanted Tevin Coleman. Yeah, but he's like, you know, I didn't want to give that kind of money to a running back. Yeah. He didn't fit my scheme and all that. And right away, the burn, the bridge was kind of burned. Yeah. Like... I would – me personally, if I was an athlete and I just signed with a new team and the head coach comes out and goes, yeah, you know, we're not that happy about that signing. He's like, dude, what the hell? Le'Veon's hand is
4: very pro- – like, he hasn't made any comments. But
1: Le'Veon Bell is the prime example of a dude that got paid and shut up. He just like, he's just life. like, yeah, I got my money now. Like, like, patience,
4: folks. Patience. We'll be good eventually. Yeah, like, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, yeah, yeah no problem. You know, I I, I talked to Sam after that game and, you know, I've had some bad games before. We'll be all right. It's like he's saying everything. He's – He's like the best out of that Pittsburgh sh- fiasco.
4: Yeah, you know who? Another guy, uh, Darius Slade, They asked him, oh, "Are you mad about getting traded?" He goes, "I'm a millionaire, whatever." Like, yeah, because <laughs> he was another guy. That was rumored. There was a lot of rumors. It just it was unfortunate. Like, AJ Green didn't get out. Chris Harris didn't get out. It was just you want to see someone go to contender, and you're just seeing this talent be wasted. Because at this point, the Jets, like, if they're gonna if they're gonna be committing long term to Adam Gase, all the good talent they're just leave. Is I I think Adam. Gaze is a disgrace. I think he's one of the worst coaches. I think him, uh, Freddie Kitchens, and Dan Quinn should not be employed right now. I think all three of them should be fired. And Matt Nagy is borderline, (laughs) which is crazy because he was coached the year, but I think Matt Nagy
1: has huge problems there. I mean, the guy pulling the strings for him, my quarterback is definitely not helping his case. Okay, but the whole kneeling—come on! Yeah, the kneeling thing was dumb. Who else did the kneeling? Th- wasn't there another kneeling incident earlier this year?
4: I don't know if it was this year, but maybe Mike Tomlin did it not too long ago because Mike Tomlin's one of those stubborn, conservative coaches.
1: I want to say there was an incident where they tried to. Uh yeah, dude. Someone missed the field goal because they thought it was a higher percentage being backed up. Oh, it's Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians. Damn, there dude. you go. <laughs> no, Bruce. Not oh, Bruce. Oh, my God. But we love Bruce, though. Come that was on. against the Giants, too. How can I forget that? I that know. That's the only money. reason
4: why Daniel Jones got all the hype. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, watch him look. What I was going to say, though. I have all the players. Well, who are you most disappointed to see not get traded?
1: I don't want to give a player. I want to give teams. Okay. The Chiefs and the Eagles, I think, desperately needed corner help. And the fact that you didn't it's like dude just just admit that your roster is not that good at that spot and and sacrifice it yeah
4: they're chiefs especially you they're have, like you're going to lose to new england now yeah you, you, yeah yeah I don't,
1: <laughs> you have you have your quarterback so it's not like you're going to need to Oh man, I need this first round pick or this second round pick to maybe find a diamond in the rough quarter. It's right. like, no, you got Wentz, you got Mahomes, you're chilling.
4: And it's clear, like that Chiefs pass rush isn't as good as they envisioned. So to, for me, it's just you have to somehow whether it's Chris Harris, I know Pearson wasn't moving, but just somebody, like, get some sort of help, especially Kansas City, because it's been problematic. And Philly has been problematic, since, but the thing with Philly is I think they've made so many trades now, like how he's just think like how he's realizing alright, I can't do much more. But with the Chiefs it's just like you got that window.
1: I Go know someone me. that is very close to the Giants who told me that it was almost a shoe in that Jenkins was going to go there for a second-round pick. I would have I drove Jenkins to the airport. It's
4: kind of like the Falcons and Sanu. You know Sanu's beloved Atlanta, just, that was just a move no one expected. I, I think that Sanu trade really f- uh, affected the market, especially receivers, because the Jets said they weren't trading anything more, more than a fourth, or they weren't accepting more than a fourth i said properly or less than a fourth
1: lesson yeah like yeah the fourth is like the, the fourth was the there above. there was the asking
4: price right, yeah, yeah, right. yeah so that's what i meant to say yeah i was just like oh poor guy what, like
1: robbie so i feel like robbie anderson is the guy that you wish would have won him and aj with? i really want AJ to go i thought
4: the Bengals would be like all right we'll let you do something for him yeah like imagine aj green like in
1: green bay somehow or new orleans
4: that would just would have been perfect
1: yeah, that's what I've come to realize with the NFL trade deadline. It just kind of just comes and goes, and there isn't much that goes on. It's not like NBA and MLB where, like, wild shit happens, you know. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool if, like, you were a team like, you know, maybe Minnesota, who's contending this year, mm-hmm. to be like, you know what, let's – let's let's be buyers. And then you look at a team like the Bengals or the giants and be like, yo, let's sell here. Mm-hmm. You know, you see that in the NBA all the time yeah. to get rid of cap space. or whatever. I, I know
4: Atlanta really wants to, there was a report today that Devontae Freeman was close to going to the lions, but <laughs> they just ended up not wanting to trade him. Just like forget about any draft compensation. We're just not trading him. And people are just livid. Mm-hmm. It's just like a running back on a big contract. who appears to be on a decline at 27. Just, he's taking a lot of punishment, but we didn't mentioned either Trent Williams, poor guy. Uh, if, you guys saw today, six years now, he's been playing. I forgot what the actual report was, but I think he was diagnosed with some sort of cancer his he head, and the Redskins failed to report so that's a big reason why he's holding out. It's not just a money thing with Trent Williams, it's just the fact. Yeah, he had cancer from six years ago, and now the Redskins misdiagnosed it, which is just – it's not Trent Williams here, like the best player in the past decade for
1: Redskins. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. When I saw that report, I was like, all right, you know what? It kind of makes sense now. You know, sometimes you need to have all the information at hand before you start passing judgment on some of these dudes as to why they're doing what they're doing. Right. You know, Same
4: thing with Jalen Ramsey. He was pissed off ownership, and he just said, I need to get out. But Trent Williams is someone I really want to see go somewhere because he's already 30, and just he at, at his peak, he's the best left tackle in the game. So for him to miss an entire season at 30 years old, it's a shame.
1: All right. All right, so what we're going to do now is I got some midseason awards, you know, MVPs, Rookie of the Year, surprise teams, and all that. We'll run through some of these. Um, All right, let's start off with Offensive Rookie of the Year. For me, I think so far, I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs. He was up there for
4: me. I got to go Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew? Okay. I have to. All
1: right, yeah, you know what? I like that one. I, like
4: I have to. I th- he's just so fearless. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's times where a couple unnecessary fumbling appears to be an issue with him. But I just like the fact that he always wants to step up in pocket. He'll make plays on the move. But I'll admit Jacobs was right up there with him. I think those are the clear two. Kyler's been good this year, but there's still times where Kyler makes too many bad decisions. And I think the amount of interceptions and just turnovers in general, he's committed. Uh, it's going to rule him out. But, yeah, Jacobs, he's been a stud.
1: He's... When he's been on and he's been productive, the Raiders look so much better as a team. And, you know, they've unleashed them a couple of times. Like, they unleashed them in Denver week one. Chicago, they unleashed them, too, in the London game. Uh, Even Green Bay, he played really, really well. And they're getting him more and more involved in the passing game. Also, um, you know, he has double-digit—not double-digit. He has uh, two catches or more in his last four games. I know it might not be saying a lot, but he's kind of fizzled out the— Jalen Rashard's and the Washingtons of the world. And I just think that he's exactly what John Gruden wanted. Right? He wanted a guy that he could hand the ball off to 20 or 25 times if needed. And you know, he hasn't had no fumble issues. And from that I I think long term I think that's going to be the guy that's going to end up winning this award. And I, I, I'm, I think I'm pretty comfortable in saying that he's, he's my rookie of the year so far. But I like Gardner Minshew, too. Of the quarterbacks, I would definitely give it to him mm-hmm. because he's been winning. He's, you know, they're four and four. They got a big game in London against the Texans this week. Hey, London
4: is the Jaguars' home. Right. They're the home <laughs>
1: team. Yeah, they're actually the home team. And you know what? I always factor in that stuff where the Jaguars have gone there so many years. They've gone there every year since they've been doing this pretty much. And they're accustomed to the traveling and the scheduling and whatnot. And I'd be a little concerned if I was a Texans fan.
4: Especially like J.J. Watt. But yeah. it's going to be weird watching the Jaguars in London without Blake Bortles. That's true. And that's Blake's Blake. <laughs>
1: home, Sir Blake Bortles. Uh, all right, let's go to the flip side. I think this one might be one that we just kind of skipped through. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Nick Bosa. Yeah, no debate, though. You know what? Josh Allen's having a pretty good year, too. Yeah, I saw a side by side of their stats, and they're almost very similar. You know, I say Bosa's made more big plays that you just see, sure, especially yeah. with that interception against
4: Carolina, just the half days, half a keys, great, like that Browns game, he kind of took over that. And it's just you're just gonna see he's gonna be more bigger opportunity, especially with San Fran's schedule is getting up, start getting more. Uh, just more challenges. with between Seattle twice? They're gonna play New Orleans in mm-hmm. December. Oh, that game's gonna be crazy. I if we get Niners Saints twice this season. Oh my God, we got some crazy football head. That's just the best matchup for me right now. Two geniuses in terms of coaches and just both teams how talented they are. But yeah, Nick Bosa.
1: Yeah, that's Nick Bosa. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, let's go to your surprise team. I know you were high on the. I, I thought the Niners
4: were a seven win team at best, so I gotta go San Fran. I did not think they were gonna be this good.
1: So I feel like this one is a little. Is it subjective or objective?
4: I think it'd be actually a little subjective based on what your predictions were, right? So but I think me, a, lot people, a, a lot of people, a yeah. lot of people, vision San Fran being a six seven win team. Now, people are saying Shanahan's on the hot seat this yeah. year. I I, I,
1: I had them don't. winning their division, so to me it wasn't a surprise. Okay. Uh, did I expect seven and zero? Oh? No, no, I didn't. So from that standpoint, yes, I'm surprised there, but I will say. I do think that this team that I'm going to say now is kind of surprising to me, and that is the New Orleans Saints. And here's why. Because when you lose your starting quarterback and how breeze-reliant they were, they got justified by making Bridgewater the highest-paid quarterback in the league, backup quarterback in the league, and weathering that storm 5-0. and And look, they had, some, they had some good wins on that too, right? They beat the Cowboys. Seattle. They beat Seattle. Right, they they won some games in the division mm-hmm. and against Tampa Bay, and they kind of just like weathered the storm. And Breeze came back right before the bye week, lit up the Cardinals, and it's just something that you know I'm I'm surprised from that standpoint. Okay. That you're, they- you're not
4: convincing me, but okay, I got can understand your rationale. But I thought Saints were going to be fine regardless. I just think their roster is so good, and their coaching so good that they're going to be okay. They might have lost me one or two on the way, but. I don't know. It's hard for me to vision a team as good as no one's being considered as a surprise. But then again, San Fran, mm-hmm. you call it too. It just, uh, it's. I think the Saints, when it comes to building a franchise, they have the model right now. Like what they've done to draft for the past two, three years, and some of the savvy free agent
1: moves they've made. I just think that organization. All right, how about this one? Because I kind of feel like it was a lame answer. Yeah. Also, how about the Colts? It's yeah, great one. Colts, a surprise team. Frank Reich, man, two.
4: can we? This he's he's noticed what he's doing. <laughs> he. Is
1: is he top five coaches in the league? Uh,
4: the issue is that Kansas City game was kind of rough in the playoffs, that kind of brought him down yeah, a little bit. Yeah,
1: but then he got a big win against Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. That's right. He did. You know, Sunday Night Football. Yeah. So and, I,
4: and, he, and he always schools Bill O'Brien. Like every time those teams play, he always schools him. But yeah, he's up there. But just, you look at obviously Belichick, Peyton, uh, Andy Reid, and yeah, he might be up there. Pete Carroll.
1: I don't know. It's Shanahan getting a lot of buzz oh, now. He's kind of replacing him. Hell yeah. kind of replacing yeah. kind him. Of McVay's a. still up there, though. Gotta, no, right. Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying like as
4: That far triple as reverse you. gets the Bengals yeah. is the craziest thing. Yeah. I know the DB slip. Oh, my God. That was crazy. But, yeah, I would say the Colts just based— Look, the whole franchise changed two weeks before the season. And now look at them. They're and gripping. then also,
1: don't forget, they went and they extended Jacoby Brissett before the season even started.
4: What do you mean?
1: They gave him a two-year extension. That's right, and now he's making like fifteen million dollars this season, as opposed to whatever it was before. He's
4: like a top sixteen. Like he's right there. Like he's solid. Like I would, Yo, I would take over a lot of people
1: right now in the AFC. It's Mahomes. It's Brady. It's Lamar Jackson. Deshaun sean watson rivers has had a bad
4: year i can't put rivers up there right now well that's what i'm saying yeah. like
1: as far as how they've played you know we're yeah. doing a midseason recap right.
4: he's up there
1: he he's a top five top six quarterback in the afc and if we're going by how many teams make the playoffs that's a playoff quarterback right you know so and again you know shout out to the colts you have a good offensive line you have a defense that's competent and you have somewhat like they have some talent marlon mack they got the two tight ends Pascal had a big breakout game. They got T.Y. Hilton, who's a top receiver mm-hmm. in the game. And, again, Frank Wright just pulling the strings. So, let's go to show you, when you invest in
4: your offensive line and it booms, what happens? You reap the benefits with, obviously, Quinn Nelson, but the right and then tackle brain smith.
1: You also see what happens when you don't invest in the offensive line. The Jets, the Giants, well the Falcons. Falcons, did they, they just didn't do it well. <laughs> yeah, they didn't do it well. Yeah. R- RIP to the Falcons. All right, Dude. let's go to a surprise player. Who's the guy who's having a season that – just surprises you uh, and we're gonna go with a good surprise not like a surprise like oh this guy's kind of laying an egg right now
4: i never saw dj shark becoming like a legit number one receiver he is good yeah like i at last i when he came out i heard he was very raw he was just route tree wasn't quite there like he was a big physical guy that can make from lsu right yeah but I just. No,
1: they have so much talent down there. They do. It is unbelievable how many wide receivers they produce. And then, well, this year, LSU is the number one team in the country right now. They got a big ass game next weekend. Probably going to end up at Legends. I'll talk to you about that later. Uh, LSU, bama one versus two. And, you know, LSU has a quarterback now, Burroughs, who's in the discussion to be the top pick in the draft. Wow. And I always say this, man, about college football there's always there's always some random dude that no one saw coming is going to play himself into the first round, right? Baker Mayfield wasn't a first-round pick at the time that that conversation was being had. Last year, Kyler Murray wasn't. Daniel Jones wasn't. Mm I don't think Dwayne Haskins was either. A one-year starter, those guys are always very, very suspect. You know, Bill, Bill Parcells Wasn't always. like Will
4: Greer, like a top prospect? Will Greer, yeah. yeah,
1: but he went to Carolina, I oh, think, okay. yeah. And then, like, even him, they spent a the fourth-round pick on him, Say I believe. third-round Carolina. Third-round, yes. third or fourth-round pick. And Kyle Allen started over him. So that goes to tell you about Will Greer also. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel you on that one. For me, man, I always liked Dalvin Cook. I always thought he was good, but like, if CMC wasn't having the season he's having, like we'd be talking about McCa uh, about Dalvin Cook the way we're talking about McCaffrey.
4: He's still a superstar to me. Yeah. Dalvin Cook's just what he did against Washington, not just Washington, just what he's been doing this whole season. Like when he gets in the open field, good luck bring, trying to bring him down. Whether he'll He's either a lower shoulder, like him, and Chris Carson. My favorite running backs to watch right now because it just they could break tackles in multiple ways. Like they're not one dimensional at and all. And
1: both had crazy injuries in their careers already. Absolutely. Man, yeah. You know, I I think Chris Carson either tore his fibula was something very significant. Mm. I remember because I was a big fan of Chris Carson, and then they drafted Penny. I've, you know, I've been very outspoken on that. I don't want to tire people out with that. And then with Dalvin Cook, you know, he was having he was having a usage rate. Similar to Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson, that like 2017 monster year where pretty much uh, from a daily fantasy perspective, it was like, yeah, you know what? Put those two guys in your lineup. They're going to give you 60 points and just figure out the rest. Like they were so good and so dominant and dominating so much of the touches in the backfield that you had to play up. And Dalvin Cook early on as a rookie was having that kind of impact. And then mm-hmm. he tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. And then last year, you know, it was hard for him. Everyone, man, shout out to AP. He's also ruined it for a lot of guys. Where people think that, oh, you're going to come back and just have like monster seasons like APA. Like sometimes it takes a while. Even Jordy yeah. Nelson, his first year after a torn ACL, not as good. His second year, fully recovered, that's when he had yeah. the big boom. So Dalvin Cook, I think, would be a surprise. I always knew how good he was, but I just think that right now he's, if, if McCaffrey's 1A, he's 1B as far as like who the most dominant running backs are in the game right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's go back to offensive rookie. Oh, sorry. Offensive player of the year.
4: So when it comes to offense player, I try to steer away from quarterbacks. I feel like this award should be for a skill position player. Like, let's award mm-hmm. a skill position player. I would go with Dalvin Cook, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Over
1: McCaffrey. I just think
4: Dalvin's doing a little, just from a running perspective, I think he's doing a little more. Like, it's just what he brings to the table. Don't get me wrong, McCaffrey's made some big runs. Like, that one, that touchdown against Jacksonville where he flipped into there. Like, yeah. like, he's very, for a small running back, he's very effective in the red zone, which I've always been, like, you could just tell, okay, it's not the blocking there because Carolina's all line sketchy. But McCaffrey, like, he runs with power even for his size, so I'm impressed by it. But I just think Dalvin, this is what he's doing. Because Dalvin's doing a lot in the passing game too. Uh-huh. Like, like Especially on screens. I mean, yeah, McCaffrey isn't doing anything in the passing game, you know? Well, uh, Look, <laughs> hey, man. I might for- have a man crush for Dalvin. I admit I all do right, love me so right. Dalvin. But I, it's one A one I think those two. I don't think any receivers are going to get any consideration. I think Dalvin McCaffrey are the main two picks. If you're looking from skill position plays, but as we saw at this award, it's pretty much given to like the second bet quarterback. Whoever doesn't win MVP usually gets this. But I I feel like this award should be given to,
1: let's reward skill position players. And I think, I don't know, maybe Michael Thomas deserves consideration. Mm, that's a nice one. If, if I'm looking at a wide receiver, I would probably put him in that mix. Yeah. Uh. Ooh, hold on. My guy Cooper Cup, man. Yo, he's been crazy this yeah, year. Yeah, he's been going off, you he, know. He's kind of in the Rams, like, everything. Over. Yeah. The offense, the offense for the Rams only looks, that's my answer, Cooper Cup. The offense for the Rams looks sean mcveigh and how everyone like had a boner over sean mcveigh's offense last year and how you know the offensive genius that he is only when cooper cup is involved whether it's even a, like a seven yard completion, yeah. it's like all right this is what we the free flowing and how like crisp it looks and man imagine if they didn't have cooper cup they they would probably i think they'd have two two more losses on their resume I think he's been that valuable for that team. He's been that valuable for Jared, Jared Goff. Definitely for Goff. You just see Goff when he throws it to him. A lot more confidence.
4: They just have that rapport. I thought
1: that I, I thought the shoe-in answer would be... I thought offensive player of the year would be like how defensive rookie of the year was going to be. And it'd be McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. That's why I wanted to give you shit about uh, Dalvin Cook. Because he gave me shit about the Saints, yeah. which is fair. <laughs> but... I'm gonna go just just for the sake of being different and you know, I presented a, a fair case. Cooper Cup is top five wide receiver in I think almost every important statistical category. He it's, might be top three in every category. He's put up numbers. Right, <laughs> right. It's it's targets, it's catches, it's yards, okay. it's touchdowns, it's yeah. just just everything.
4: Like he's the main receiver on third downs and in the red zone. Yeah. Like it's crazy.
1: Like it, dude, I'll never forget when they were playing Thursday night football against the Vikings last year. Yeah. And he had that wild ass game. Gurley and Cooper Cup were on the Thursday night football, you know, the, uh, Post the panel. Yeah. And was it Steve Mariucci or it might have been um, Steve Michael Smith? Irvin? Oh. He was like, man, you're a big boy. And Gurley's like, dude, everyone thinks he's like a 5'10 guy. And in my head, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because he's a white slot wide yeah, receiver. West Walker 2.0. Yeah, but he's like 6'2", 6'3", you know, 205, 210. So he's
4: a big dude. He's one of the best route runners in the league. Right. Not many people could hang with him.
1: Let's go to the, uh, the the Super Bowl of this is the MVP. We'll get to that. Let's go to biggest letdown. Who's a guy? Give me a guy. Or it could be uh yeah, give th- this one biggest letdown will be a player. Can I give can I go a, a unit?
4: Can I just go with the entire bronze offense? Yeah. I just I'm so disappointed. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Minus Nick Chubb, <laughs> we'll keep Nick Chubb out of this. Yeah, I just expected fireworks, man. After what they did with Freddie, I, granted, I know they beat up on a couple of bad teams. We always talk about the Bengals how they beat up on them, but still, for the t- how much talent they have, you know, we'll get a difference maker like oh, Odell Landry, solid. I thought Higgins had potential. Callaway, okay. Yeah couple of off the field issues and he drops a lot past but he's a vertical threat
1: even to joku they didn't really get him going and then he got, yeah, hurt. got i know it was, it's a small sample size but it wasn't like he was but that darren waller
4: not just that but that play easily could not be avoided if baker just got rid of the ball quicker baker once again and this is an issue baker's had all season he's just constantly trying to do too much or he's just waiting for something to happen just doesn't take the short quick reliable option he just wants to keep stretching plays and looking for a downfield threat when he put the ball like, I forgot. He was like going to the sideline and just he throws up to Njoku and he just gets, does like a flip in the air and just breaks his, what do did not break his neck. No, he I broke think it, something. It was like an arm or, yeah. or a hand, something. He just, it was a t- totally unnecessary throw and just stuff like that. I just, the Browns offense, given we heard all this hype with the talent and just what Freddie Kinch is. Then they also brought in Tom Monken who they thought, okay, maybe he'll have played calling responses because he did so well in Tampa last year. Just nothing has come to fruition. It's just it, every week watch him, it's just frustrating. They just make so many mistakes, so many penalties. And we knew the whole lines would going to be bad, but I thought they were going to mitigate it, with whether it's with play action or RPOs. And it's just a disaster, man. So, yeah, the Browns offense minus Nick Chubb. I'm, all, I'm including the Browns offense. I think the defense has played very well, and I think Chubb's been a stud. Strictly the offense minus Nick Chubb. That's my letdown.
1: No, nah, I'm with you on that, yeah. I mean – I want to say I kind of expected it, but not to this extent. Like I expected them to be, you know. I talked about. You this. said they're going to be struggle a bit. Yeah, yeah, I I actually went back and I listened. I said that they'd be two and five after seven games because of how rough that schedule was. But you know, they could easily, if you look at their schedule, man. Now to close out the year, you can find two losses on there, and they could kind of run the table after that. You know, so you're looking at a team that could go nine and seven. Now, is that going to be enough to? to get in as a wild card team or even to compete in the division. But, you know, they do have a win over Baltimore, which on the road, too. on the road dominated them. And yo, there's always, you know, Alan, I hate to do this to you, but there's always when you look back on the season, season long recap, you look at the 17 weeks, look at all the games and you look at like, you know, week one results, week five results, week eight results. There's like five or six games. You're like, how the hell did this team beat that team? The Falcons beating the Eagles, right? The the Jets beating the Cowboys. I think, especially if the Ravens go on and, you know, we'll get to, the, they're playing the Patriots this week. That's our marquee game of the week. We're dedicating just one game to that. Um, you know, say the Ravens beat the Pats, and then it's like, yeah, how the Browns just literally embarrassed. They dominated the Ravens in all aspects. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like one of those situations. So, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that that offensive line has been a letdown for me the The biggest letdown has been the chargers okay right i know I know I said about players, but you know if you just look at the players too like yo where's Joey Bosa been at? No, he's been good. That's the one player you can't criticize. Sorry. That's not the guy I was thinking about. Who's <laughs> the guy? Melvin Ingram. Melvin yeah. B- between, Ingram. Between being. <laughs> Joy, Bosa has been really. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ate up dumb. Chicago last week. Um, between, between missing time due to injury and just when he's out there, just not doing much. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I, I, I Now it brings the bell. I saw a graphic about the Bolsa brothers, like how productive they've been this year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Phillip Rivers. You know, I talk about the one score game factor. I touched on that on the Monday episode. If you guys haven't listened to that, definitely go check that out. You know, last year, the Chargers were six and one in one score games. This year, they're two and five. And that's a record, too. Like, all their yeah. games are tight. They're very well, watchable. Wait, wait. Because C- I remember them getting handled
4: by both Pittsburgh and Denver at home. Those are bad losses, but they were still one score. This year, you mean? Yeah. Like Pittsburgh handled them on Sunday night, and then Denver also beat them. Like they've had some bad home losses, and I thought those games were pretty convincing. Like I, don't, I didn't think those were one score games at all. But it's just off the top of my head,
1: you might be right on the Chargers game with the Steelers. Oh no, it was actually twenty four to seventeen. So okay. it ended garbage up time. Uh, Poison. Right, right. <laughs> Hunter well, Henry. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, I think I think the Chargers from that. You know, Philip Rivers. The too. whole Melton
4: Dorton yeah. situation. He looks bad.
1: Yeah. Uh. All right. Let's go biggest. Disappointment. You you gave uh, a player in a unit, uh, pick a team that you're kind of disappointed. I was going to go with the Chargers. You know, Melvinger
4: only has one sack this year, by the way. Uh, just looked yeah. that up. But, yeah, I have to go with the Chargers. I really thought the Chargers, they were going to be one of those AFC teams that could possibly threaten the Patriots. Like, if going to year, I thought, okay, Kansas City, and then I probably would have gone Chargers. And then Colts, after luck, who knows. Because Houston, I, they're talented, but I just don't trust Bill O'Brien. I don't trust the O-line. Their defense quietly looks very fragile. Now with Watt out there looking pretty awful this day of no other merciless i don't know really anyone defense that defense can make a difference but you just look the Chargers roster and what they did last year it's like okay lynn's gonna have another year as a coach uh river is still playing a high level all right they lost derwin james but i thought they had a really good draft that d tackle they took from notre dame he's been uh, kind of a disappointment what's his name Artil- artillery artillery the D tackle, I'm blanking on it, but, artillery. Yeah, artillery. He's yeah. been artillery. <laughs> Artillery's been a major disappointment. It's just the secondary isn't as good as it, what it should be. It's just I don't know. The Chargers very frustrating because given all the hype going to season, just once again now look at them. They've lost games that they should have won. They've had a couple of really bad home performances against teams that are very beatable. It's just now they, they got to play like Green Bay. They got to play Minnesota still got to play Kansas City. Uh, I think two more times. right? they haven't played Kansas City yet.
1: No, <sighs>
4: like this is bad. Like, the, like the, losing to the Steelers and Broncos at home. Like these those are
1: a lot. You can't do that, dude. This week they play the Packers in in L.A. Oh, they're gonna, gonna be like twenty five thousand Packer fans and cheeseheads everywhere. They're gonna
4: be, but yeah, Chargers has to be a disappointment for me. I know people are wondering, oh, you're not picking the Falcons. I didn't think the Falcons were going to win more than nine games. So
1: that was going to be mine, okay? Just because I was very high on the Falcons. And okay. again, you're you're a prime example of someone that could be honest and true about their team and breaking them down. Because a lot of people always say like, yeah, my team's going to be good, my team's going <laughs> to win the division. And I go back to the story when you know we're hanging out at uh, Tommy's uncle's summer house over the summer, and the moment Alan walks in, I'm like, yo, eleven and five NFC title game. You're like, good luck. I don't know where you see that. But I'm sure you also didn't see this. No, not at all. You know, and yo, the offense, you look at like box score results. Matt Ryan's putting up big numbers.
4: Matt shops put up big numbers. <laughs> yeah, Matt shop
1: too. Uh, your boy Matt Bryan's struggling. Oh, man. Did did he get cut He ultimately? did. I yeah. hope he goes to
4: New England because New England cut Matt Br- Uh cut Mike Nugent. Mike Nugent. Yo, come on, let's get uh let's get Matt Bryan. It, those kicks were 50 yards. Like, come on, let's give it. He's forty. Four, I think Matt Bryant like oh god, this guy's a legend man you know like big kicks he's hit for Atlanta just it bums me out to see him go out like that now they sign young Hoku. it's like oh god you gotta sign a Chargers reject man like All come right. on but uh, yeah Falcons put numbers the issue is just red zone's always been a problem the past few years Dirk Cutter I think the game's passed by I'm just certain coaches that they just don't Him, Greg Williams, they just don't evolve. They just kind of go with their old methods. That's why I think Mike McCarthy. That's why one thing I'll never understand: like, if you're an NFL team looking for a coach, don't hire Mike McCarthy. I don't think he's someone that could really understand. Like. That he needs to change his ways. These guys are just too stubborn for their own good. And I've read a lot of concerned things about Mike McCarthy. But there's coaches like that. It just You see how much the game has evolved the past five years in the NFL. Just how much they're taking from college. And some of these coaches aren't appreciating that enough. And you see it. And I think Cutter's one of those guys. Between that and the defense, just not enough players are evolving there. Between Vic Beasley, Tack McKinley, Devondra Campbell. These are guys I don't think are going to be the team next year. It's just, winning years, like Dan Quinn, he was supposed to bring it. Ever since twenty seventeen it has gone on a steady decline. So that's why I go into year, I was like, this team has a lot of flaws. And NFC, like you really there's not a lot of leeway for failure. Like there's so many good teams in NFC. Like teams like Dallas, Carolina, Seattle, like some of these teams are gonna miss the playoffs. The Rams might miss the playoffs. These are so many good teams. And that's why I was looking, I was like, damn, I don't I can't really put a on these parts on par with them just because they have a lot of flaws, as great as that offense looks on paper. So
1: yeah. All right, cool. Let's get to the the last two. Would you say these are the two biggest awards? Defensive Player of the Year and like there's a lot of prestige
4: winning the Defensive Player of the Year award. Yeah, it's like you like the, you truly are the best defensive player. Well, all Offensive Player is just more on statistics.
1: Right. So, who's your pick for Defensive Player of the Year?
4: He's probably not going to win, but this is my pick. I'm going to go Stephon Gilmore. Just for what he brings to the table to, for what is the best defense right now? He literally shuts down half the field, and he's
1: the best player on that defense. Yeah,
4: and I think it's not just what he does in man coverage. I think he's very savvy when it comes to some stuff they do in zone, where he could just fly underneath, or he'll pass off a defender or a receiver there, and he'll just track back, whoever it may be. It's just I think Gilmore is such a savvy, intelligent player. And I, I remember that first year he was kind of shaky. I remember Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill just roasting him that that crazy Alex Smith game, and that first season he was kind of off, but the last. 18 months, he's just been playing at another level. And I think even though it's hard for corners to win it, like, I, and I think Richard Sherman said it best, that why Bobby Wagner never won a defense player year, was just whenever you're on a defense full of talent, they don't recognize you enough. You need to put up some gaudy numbers. Uh, even though I think it's cool seeing like Aaron Donald win it recently, like now okay, now they're really respecting the best. I'm not sure if corners ever get that uh, recognition. So I don't think he'll ever win it, but I'm still going to go with Stephon Gilmore.
1: Man, is it is it a reach to put Nick Bosa in this discussion? Not at all. Because, again, staying with the theme of best player on the best defense, and I, I talked about how I think the Niners have the best defense in the league. I'm going to go with Nick Bosa, man, because I think what he's done, he's been a guy who, sure, he's a rookie, but we've seen a lot of rookies come in and just pull out. Remember Latimer? Mm-hmm. on uh latimore on on the saints his rookie year he was all, he was the number one corner in the league Corner to pff i think it was and then kamara had a monster you see these rookies now they come in and they're like nah we're ready to go right mm-hmm. away barkley right. barkley zeke elliott mm-hmm. all these guys coming in and i think uh i think nick bosa man for me defensive player of the year i think it i think it's very fair to say and you know we're gonna see him on thursday night football prior to us recording um they're going to start getting flexed a lot, which I'm excited about. Yeah. We're when did they start that. flexing games?
4: I think they already start because I know – I'm not sure what Sunday night, but I know like Carolina Green Bay has got flexed like 425 mm. next week. So they're starting, but I don't know like Sunday night, but hopefully soon because like I saw the 49 ers Saints games like at 1 o'clock. I'm like oh, – Oh, no, that, that, that got to be that, – and
1: that's a, that's a later game. That's like week 11. Week... No, that's like early December. Oh. Like, that could be for number one seed. Yeah. And New Orleans,
4: when it comes to needing that number one seed, they're going to want to get it.
1: And they're at home, I think, right? Not sure off the top of my head. Yeah. But, yeah, I well, but
4: yeah Bo, but Bosa, I, I think everyone knew he was going to be good. Like, I remember hearing going to draft, like, he might be better than his brother. But for him to shine over Ford and Buckner, like, those are two studs right there. And Bosa is the one getting the headlines. Crazy.
1: Man, that might be the second biggest luxury you could have as far as a cap hit an edge rusher that's just, like, not making any money. I mean, look, he's a first-round pick. He's still getting, like, in the millions. But first three years, though. First three years is going to be nice for, for the Niners to make some noise. They have a lot of young pieces on that roster, man. Mm-hmm. Look out for this Niners team, guys. Whether it's this year or, you know, this might be a – I do get – I get I get two different vibes with them. And I know we're getting a little sidetracked, but I get two different vibes with them. I get Seattle, Legion of Boom, early Russell Wilson except that they've already paid their quarterback. And then I also get that 2016 Rams team that your Falcons ended up. 2017. Playing. 2017?
4: 2016, Jeff Fisher was still there. Oh,
1: 2017. Okay, yeah yeah, 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 So, yes, that's right. You're right. So, 2017, where it was a team that kind of overachieved. I remember that year I also had the Rams as a card team. They ended up winning the division. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've... I've had some good calls, but I've had some like this year. I had Falcons NFC title game and the Rams were
4: so bad in 2016. I can't even pick them. Well, Dude. I like
1: I just like the uh, I sold all my stock on Jeff Fisher, obviously. Yeah. And I was just buying all in, move. on McVay and <laughs> and golf, you know, because I, I was a big golf guy and I thought that this guy just kills quarterbacks anytime mm. he gets his hand on. Right. But anyway, and I think that this could be a Niners team that when they get to the playoffs, bright lights, they might fold. Because they do have a lot of young guys. Like, sure, they got Richard Sherman, then they got D. Ford, Quan Alexander didn't play in any big games in Tampa Bay. And there's no one on the off—I mean, Tevin Coleman. Hey. Still, you know, like he's he's starting to emerge as the if, belt. If count. Joe
4: Staley's healthy, you know Joe Staley's Joe Staley. There, yeah. yeah, that's true. They they definitely and Hugheschek. They need
1: their <laughs> yeah Hugheschek man. They had
4: something there. I I just think San Fran. It's going to come down to. Jimmy G, because I think he's been shaky this mm-hmm. year. Like, if he starts missing throws, if he starts turning it over a lot, because I don't know, even that Redskins game, I mean, even though it was a slop fest, it just, some decisions he makes, Jay. It's very puzzling, but I think w- what's good with them is just the fact that they have someone like George Kittle. When you ever have someone such a dynamic tight end, it's such a great security blanket to have. So, but yeah, I think Nick Bosa, he's up there. I think him, Gilmore, who else should be up there right now? Aaron Donald's been quiet, but I feel like Aaron Don's always in a conversation.
1: He won't win it, but like
4: Geekly I, or Wagner, I always love those two.
1: Yeah. I, I also think Zadarius Smith. He's been real good. Every week I see him do something. He has a sack, I think, every week. Every week he has a yeah, big play. And you know, and, and that that defense is how do you feel about the Packers defense? Overly ra- overrated. I don't Robert. think they're overrated. I
4: just think that Thursday night game. Thursday night games, I don't try to put too much stock into because right. those get crazy. But no, they're very good. I just against the premier opponents, we'll see. Because mm-hmm. Andy Reid still out schemed some good stuff against them and found success. That touchdown, Kelsey, was beautifully well designed. Yeah. But. Yeah, Zadare's good call, though. He, I knew it. Like, I was shocked Baltimore didn't re-sign. I know Baltimore doesn't re-sign pass rushers, but he's someone that really came on from, him, and they just didn't want to. Him and Preston Smith, both of
1: them going to Green Bay. Yeah, it's funny. They call them the Smith brothers, but they're like, yeah, there's no relation between the two. <laughs> All right, let's get to MVP. I'm going to lead this one off. Staying with the Packers, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions, 106.7 quarterback rating, 2,300 yards. I think he is tired of hearing about pat mahomes and all these other guys that can make all the throws and all the wild throws and i think rodgers aaron rodgers thus far his team is 7 and 1 they have some very impressive wins on their resume and i think he's just showing people that like hey man i'm still here don't forget about me we're talking about all the young you know, the, the the new crop, the influx of talent in the, the quarterback position, it's like Mahomes and it's Watson one week. And then it's like, I Lamar. mean, Russ has, Russ has been around the block, but um, they're talking about Russell Wilson with these wild throws and Lamar Jackson. And then, you know, you have all these all, all these guys that are getting, you know, Teddy Bridgewater was getting talked on more than Aaron Rodgers at mm-hmm. one point. And then Rossi's just like, yeah, look, big dog is still mm-hmm. on campus.
4: Last two weeks have been crazy. Mm-hmm. And if he had a better supporting cast, his numbers would be even better. Because you know Detroit, that Detroit game, a couple of bad drops.
1: Yeah, and think about it, man. Anolda, he hasn't done it with Devontae Adams since the no. Eagles game. Since the first half of the Eagles game. Right. You know, so... And look, there are some pieces I like, but again, if if MVS is your number one wide receiver on your depth chart, I'm not that excited about
4: Aaron it. Aaron Jones, I, he looks like the second coming. I don't know who to compare him to, Brian Westbrook or Marshall Falk, but Matt Lafleur just knows how to use Aaron Jones. The way he, he was just running those double moves on those linebackers, just killing him time and time again. And then that screen was well designed. Just yeah. I, The first few weeks were rough for Rodgers. And I didn't think the offense looked good at all, but... Since, I would say, that Dallas game, they've been on fire. Mm. And this past, uh, that throw to Kumaro, the anti-season name. Oh, yeah, the it,
1: one on the run. Just
4: flung it and just caught it. 50 and
1: then, yards on the run.
4: And then, obviously, that touchdown, Jamal Williams. Like, how will that not get knocked down? Just ridiculous ball placement. And Jamal Williams, of all people, to make that catch. But, yeah, Rogers is a good, how could he not? I think he's definitely up there. But I got to go Russell Wilson. Mm. He's just been too consistent. I can't disagree with that one either. He's just been so consistent. And the crazy thing about Russell Wilson is that he has a coaching staff that doesn't utilize him to the fullest extent. They're still in 1998, established a run to no end. And Chris Carson is a stud. Don't get me wrong. But it's like even against Atlanta this past night, you're going against one of the worst pass defense in the league. Like You could attack him. You have Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. These are playmakers. David Moore is healthy now. And they just don't fully use them, but I think when games get competitive, like you saw, especially I thought Russell Wilson's best performance this year was against the Rams. That Thursday night game, mm-hmm. he was lights out, and just that's the crazy thing with Russell Wilson is like now he's starting to make throw after throw when it's come, whether it's down the sidelines or just in traffic. Like see, Russell Wilson sometimes kind of not just inaccurate inaccurate, but this times he just makes a bad decision i feel like this year he's just been lights so other than the marcus peters pick six that was a little sketchy but besides that i just think as a thrower he he's done it all this year and i think his chemistry with tyler lockett there aren't many better quarterback receiver duos right now like those two are just on point right now
1: and it was even last year where i think he had a perfect passer rating when targeting tyler lockett it was like him it was it was Russ to lockett And then it was Mahomes to Tyreek Hill as, like, the highest percentage. Brees Brees and Thomas have to be up there because there was a time where,
4: like, it was 90% completion percentage.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Those guys were – especially when Thomas would line up in the slot too. You know, all three of those teams that we mentioned did something that fantasy players have been clamoring for for a very long time. And it's, like, take your number one wide receiver and line them up in the slot because you have such a bigger advantage there. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I think about, like, 60% of the catches Michael Thomas made last year Per PFF, I remember reading this. We're out of the slot. It's like you're getting all these like nickel corners and whatnot. And you know, there's a common misconception with, oh man, this is a tough matchup. Like Jalen Ramsey is there. It's like yeah, a lot of times these guys don't really shadow.
4: Patrick Peterson is like one of, the, or Darius Slay.
1: It's like Slay Peterson yeah. and. Ramsey, if he talks shit to someone <laughs> midweek, you know he'll be manning up on him. But for the most part, yeah. it's like, no, this guy's like, like
4: Sherman or Gilmore.
1: Yeah, like yeah. those guys stayed... like Sherman always stayed on one side of the field.
4: You get criticized for it too. Yeah.
1: He's like, yeah, because the, the criticism would be, yo, you're getting paid all this money. Why don't you go and follow the one? It's
4: hard to cover in
1: a slot. You don't understand. Like, you know who tried? Marshawn
4: Lattimore. You know what happened? Cooper Cup lit him up. Mm-hmm. Like, Lattimore can't go in the slot because he just doesn't have that agility. But I would say Look, teams invest slot corners. So that's getting a, that position is starting to get a lot of money. Like, Bryce Callahan mm-hmm. went from Chicago to Denver. I think Vic Fangio just wanted him. But he got paid pretty uh, heftily. He, I think uh, Tavon Young, the Ravens, nickel corners, like nickel corners get paid now. Oh, um, Coleman, who went to, I believe, Detroit. Justin Coleman. Yes. Yeah, he's another guy. Like, slot corners get paid. So now these corners, they shouldn't feel obligated. Like, if you invest this much money into a slot corner, you know, hopefully well, dude,
1: everyone's running three and four wide receiver sets like uh, being a slot corner is not like you're not a number three corner like no yeah, you're you're starting you're, you're needed to be yeah. out there
4: yeah like a strong side linebacker that's the one that's like a role player at this yeah. point you know the uh, teams line up in nickel like 65 percent of the time now unless you're going up with a team like the vikings that <laughs> i don't think they have three receivers on the roster at this point
1: shit <laughs> it's it's stealing and digs pretty yeah. much
4: but yeah i'm going with wilson though but it's very competitive. I think Watson deserves a lot of uh, recognition. As yeah, well. and
1: I, I think McCaffrey does as well.
4: Okay. If you're going to take a skill position player, why not? But you don't know running backs. Their reputation, like now, just people are got like, oh, running backs.
1: Uh, let's get – I'm making a timestamp right here. Uh, Ravens versus Patriots, I think, is obviously the marquee game of the week. Um, Ravens coming off a bye. Patriots undefeated. It's we wanted to dedicate just one game of the week because we did the midseason awards. Man, it's the only team, and I would if you guys are a Pats fan, please tweet at us and tell me if I'm right, tell me if I'm wrong. Is it not the only team that gives the Patriots consistently fits? Like the only think about it, they've gone into Foxborough and they've won twice. Arguably should have been three times if Billy Kundiv hits that field goal in Foxborough in the playoffs.
4: Haven't the Chiefs had some success? So
1: I that was gonna be yeah. the next team. The Chiefs in yeah. the regular season. Okay, yeah. Andy Reid has had some success against them. Even last year, where you know the Patriots ended up winning that game, it was like a 43 45 game, 43 40. And yeah, it's it's like Andy Reid and the Chiefs in the regular mm-hmm. season. It's John Harbaugh just consistently with the Ravens, mm-hmm. and then it's like Tom Coughlin in the Super yeah. Bowls.
4: Because I'm looking I'm looking at the AFC, it's like okay, AFC East, they all get destroyed. Steelers get embarrassed every time, Chargers get embarrassed, Texans usually fall apart, Colts go down, Jaguars had some success, but that was like one game, like you look at the AFC landscape and it's just like, other than the Ravens and Chiefs, no one has really ever threatened the Patriots, like no one's really pushed them, no one's either beat them or just pushed them to the edge, so yeah, it's I don't know how, like Harbaugh I think has always been on there appreciate as a coach, but it's just amazing what he does considering I feel like the Ravens defense since I don't know maybe 2014 2015 but I feel like year and year like their defense steadily gets slightly worse right just from a talent like their pass rush is non-existent right now now granted they have a lot of playmakers on the back end but you know going against someone like Brady if you can't get pressure on him it's gonna be a major problem
1: this is easily the toughest test for this Patriots defense oh yeah and I know it was a one game sample size and I know it was in Buffalo but that's the worst the Patriots defense looked this year, and you know they benefited from knocking Josh Allen out of that game, right? He got hurt, and then they closed out that game with four straight punts from Matt Barkley and the Bills. Sixteen ten game there. The Patriots have been playing pretty much pocket passer every time, besides the Josh Allen, a guy who likes to run around and is he a little reckless sometimes? Yeah, but. Man, I couldn't have been more wrong on Lamar Jackson, and I've completely taken the L on that. This guy could clearly throw, and he clearly has improved. And I think this is going to be a big test because I don't think they've placed, played a quarterback like him this year at least.
4: I'm so excited to see how Belichick schemes for this. Because like, you know he's going to tell his defensive alignment, do not pursue. Just mm. set the edge, and that's it. Even when it comes to pass situations, like just maintain gap discipline because that's what you have to do against Baltimore. So that's like the ultimate. Van Noy and
1: Collins on spies.
4: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Collins is having a big year. Every time I see him, he's ma- that's not guy just making big plays. You want to talk about redemption year? Like in terms of com- like we didn't do comeback player year, but he has to be up there. Cooper Cup. He played eight games though. I don't know. I guess the injury. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. someone mentioned. Uh, I want to give a shout. out. We don't talk much about the line play, but Brand Brooks tore Achilles. Against, against the Saints. And now he's back and everyone's talking about yeah, he's one of the best yeah, guards yeah, in the league. Yeah. No, so. definitely. Yeah, so that's yeah I it mean, nice.
1: shit, you could have made the argument last year that Quentin Nelson was offensive rookie of the year but the guard, yeah. uh, offensive lineman is never going to win that award. Never climb Glamour roll. You know?
4: But, but Yeah, and I always look at quarterback safety matches. Tom Brady Earl Thomas. I, like Earl Thomas was my favorite player just because just, in terms of football IQ and just his range. And I just think how uh, just the mind games he plays with Brady, because you know he's going to disguise some looks and how Brady and uh, Brady just, what's it called? I don't know, it's how Brady, I guess, adjusts, because you know Baltimore, they get pretty creative with their coverage disguises, and Brady, uh, if he's going to just mostly stick underneath because Edelman and now bring in Sanu, uh, it'd just be interesting to see who... Uh, how much Baltimore could maybe throw him off his game. Because you know Marcus Pierce is going to try to gamble at some point to throw off Brady and maybe Brian come out. It's, just a, it's a very fascinating chess match on both sides of the ball. That's what I'm most excited about. And it, who knows, maybe they'll try to run the ball, but I think eventually he's going to rely on the short passing game in New England.
1: Who do you think Belichick tries to scheme out of the offense? Like who's the, Is it Mark Andrews? I guess he's is it probably going it.
4: I think Mark Ingram is just somebody that he's going to get his touches. That's it. I think it's probably Mark Andrews as a tight end.
1: Yeah, you know what? Nick Chubb had some fumble issues last week, but he was getting some runs in against the Pats. I, I think that might be the one way to attack them. The thing is, I think
4: Chubb those runs just came on pure skill. Like mm-hmm. I only think so that was, more was Chubb. Yeah, then it was I think that's just Chubb's being because he broke like four tackles on that big run. Yeah, and Ingram's good. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't have the agility or elusiveness that Chubb has. Like obviously he's a power runner. He's gonna lower his shoulder and bring some pain. But I don't know, New England. Especially, like, I think Danny Shelton's another guy. Like, a lot of old Browns players just, they're in New England now. They're playing at a high level. just, they're quietly have a very good front seven, even though the pass rush isn't quite there. Both these teams, like, they're not, they don't have many big names when it comes to edge rushers, but they both know how to play a run very well.
1: Who do you got in this game? Because I'm calling an upset. I think Baltimore beats them. And I think next week, uh, the the big buzz, and if and if you look at the history, I mean, you know, the eight week sample size we've had, it's been a new MVP every week. I think Lamar Jackson has a nice outing. Prime time factors to be the only game everyone's gonna be looking at, watching. It's the marquee game of the week as well. It's the Patriots. They're undefeated. You knock off Goliath like that, you have a good game. I think he'll end up being like the leading candidate for MVP. Not that he's having a bad year, yeah. but I think he'll he'll enter that discussion again. Not that he's not You know like If you look at the Vegas odds He's the fifth, 6th uh, favorite Right now mm-hmm. But I'm saying like You know Watson beat Mahomes In Kansas City And Watson didn't really Have a, an, a lot, uh, an Atlanta Falcon game That he had against, against you guys But It was just like The narrative Like oh Watson went in there And he beat him
4: And he would have A much better game if. Will Fuller caught one of those two touchdowns.
1: That guy should have like 18 touchdowns this year. And they're all like 50-yard bombs. It is unbelievable. Crazy.
4: But I'm going to go New England. I think Lamar's going to struggle against that secondary. I just think New England has too much for him. But... It's 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 gonna be very exciting just because I think both these teams are as battle tested as it gets, and you have two very good coaching staff, So it's gonna be a lot of schematic things to look forward to. And that one, if you're, especially if you're just a football nerd, to see you know how the, how the Ravens tries, you know they're gonna run the ball a lot, but just using those three tight ends. That's the craziest thing for me, just seeing a team using as three tight end sets as much as them, and all three tight ends are capable between Andrews, Boyle, and Hurst. So that's exciting. And Then with the Patriots, just how they get to start because. Now Josh Gordon's officially gone. So mm-hmm. uh, Nikhil Harry, he'll be back in what, like a week or two? or I believe so. Yeah, I'm gonna, it's going to be to see how he integrates his offense. But between Elliman, my man Sanu, and a couple other guys, it's going to be – and Philip Dorsett. Him and Brady have a good rapport. They like, do, yeah. Like he, Brady hit him in stride like that. I think it was the first drive against the Browns, right down the left sideline, just on a go. But, yeah, I guess they'll go to New England. But I'll admit, if there's a game the England's going to lose this year, I think this would be the one.
1: They have a tough stretch of games coming up. They have the Eagles, Cowboys. The I think they're gonna win those games. They got the Texans. Again, it's another game they're gonna. Win. Yeah. They're tough. Don't be wrong. Like they're gonna be challenged. It's not gonna be like these. They have the Chiefs. my Mahomes coming into town.
4: Ooh, here we go. Oh, it's in New England. Ah, yeah,
1: damn. man, New England always gets these games at home. Have you realized that? They get everything. Yeah. <laughs> Though this game is in Baltimore, which is why I think I'm gonna lean with that. And, and Baltimore's
4: won the more hostile environments i think it's very tough
1: to play and there. at night too that should be a good <sighs> crowd. so yeah. all right cool uh alan thanks again for joining us guys let us know how you felt about the episode Go find us at veterans minimum on facebook instagram youtube content is pumping twitter rate review on itunes give us a five-star rating give us a rating of some kind it helps to grow the podcast check out the sponsors that we mentioned early in the show as far as i go at The Lame Show on all social media outlets as well. Patreon, patreon.com slash minimum, And, yeah, Alan, where can they find you?
4: Alan underscore Stirk, That's A-L-L-E-N underscore S-T-R-K. I'm going to enjoy the bye week this Sunday, man. I got to watch good football all day.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll link up on Saturday if you guys are out in USC again. Oh, boy, this is the weekend, folks. This is, this is, a, this is a good weekend. All right, guys, enjoy the weekend, and we'll catch you guys next time.